I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. bit of it. We're looking back at a good game and a good performance yesterday on tonight's Charlton Live. Very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is your Sunday evening. I am your host, Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley uh, trying to escape from the giant spider walking around the studio walls. <laughs> walking around the studio. Nathan Muller, how you doing, Nathan? Yeah, living the dream, mate. Yeah. Even though it's a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's come a bit closer to me now, actually, isn't he, the big spider? Yeah, I gave him a little bit of a push. Yeah, he's uh, he's huge. I don't think I can describe how huge he is. I might take a photo and put it on Twitter. We are being invaded by giant spiders here at the Valley this <laughs> evening. Uh, <laughs> well, on tonight's show, we're going to look back uh, at uh, the, the game up at Bradford City yesterday. A goalless draw it was, but it was a cracking game. A really good performance, particularly in the first half. Uh, we're going to hear from the new gaffer, Carl Robertson, not once but twice, because uh, he spoke to me twice yesterday, did, uh, did old Big Carl, uh, and that's big by his own admission, <laughs> as, as, we're, as we're hearing in one of the interviews. Uh, we're also going to hear from uh, left-back Adam Chickson, uh, and we're going to talk about the game. We're going to... We're going to hear from you guys. We want to know what you guys made of the game, what you made of the new gaffy. You can email the studio 
at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive. You can go onto the Charlton Live forum uh, and uh, send us a little message on there as well. We're also, we're going to talk about... Uh, I was looking for something to talk about today because it's been a sort of a quiet news week, really, isn't it? Um, so I've, uh, I was looking around the flat looking for inspiration and I, I looked at my massive um, football mug collection. Uh, which I added to yesterday up at up at Value Parade, and I, so I decided to do a just sort of a fun sort of thing in the second half of the show. We decide uh, discuss what sort of tat that you guys collect from football grounds. I collect uh, mugs, my other half collects pens from football grounds. I'm sure there's plenty of sort of stuff that you guys collect. Let us know what that is. Uh, we're also going to give you a little bit of news about a boat trip that's being planned for the uh, away game at AFC Wimbledon in February. Got a little bit of news on that for you, uh, and of course we're going to look ahead to Tuesday's FA Cup game with. Uh, CRC player commentator Nathan Mullady, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to that? Yeah, yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah. Good, nice, not nice to meet Cole. Yeah, yeah. Tony's probably a little bit bigger than me. <laughs> well, but by his own admission, we'll come to that later, because that was one of the many things that made us laugh yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the highlights recording failed in the first half yesterday, mm. and that's where, all the, that's where all the best stuff happened, so I couldn't be bothered to put together the highlights in the second half, because it's not really worth it. No. Um, but, uh, now, if you weren't there, no. unfortunately, um, not not many people went up at 600 or so ag- uh, addicts made the trip up to Yorkshire, where, mm. wherever Bradford is. Um, but <laughs> but you, you've seen the match reports, you've seen yeah. the, the interviews after. What, what are you feeling is coming out of that one? Yeah, well, the first half, um, it was uh, with <clears throat> when the, obviously the news was sort of leaked that we were missing a few players through this bug that went round the uh, squad. It was like, okay, we'll take a draw. And, you know, it wasn't too. And we said off air, if if we went 1-0 down, we didn't really have enough on the bench to sort of change the game. So that's what I was concerned with. So all the time it was 0-0, I was quite happy with it. And, see if we could nick, nick a goal sort of late on but as it turned out the first half we absolutely pummeled them and we had chance after chance you know one off the line hit the bar hit the post um, and we had a couple of other chances and it looked like Cole's starting to implement the way he's playing and being aggressive in all all yeah. parts of the pitch and so obviously and then obviously the second half we had to sort of defend a little bit but you know the signs were good and it was nice to go away from home and you know Going out there with the intensity instead of just sitting behind the ball and trying to catch the people on the break. Yeah, and especially when you, when you look at Bradford's home record, they've uh, I think they've won five and drawn five before they played us. Completely unbeaten at home. You're right there, no? If you've got yeah. sour sweet on the go as well, mm. <laughs> walking disaster tonight. And um, and uh, uh, the, yeah, the, the way we attacked them in that first half, and, and it was the way the way the team was set up as well. We did go with Botaka on one wing. We went with Nikia Jose on another wing. Lee mm. Novak started up top. Uh, we obviously had the ill players, so we had uh, Adam Ola Lookman was out ill, Morgan Fox was out ill. That meant that Adam Chickson came in at left back. We then lost Jason Pierce after mm. two minutes. Was, uh, he came off holding his groin. It looked like a, a nasty one. Uh, so, so all these things conspiring against you, mm. um, you'd be you'd almost be tempted to, to write the game off as oh, you know, it was never going to be our day today. But that, that was nowhere near the the mentality we seemed to have as, as that game as that game got going after, after I'd say 5-10 minutes 5-10 minutes under a little bit of pressure once we got into our stride the, rem- the remainder of that first half or perhaps a half an hour spell before the last 5 minutes at the, the end of that first half we, we were excellent and, and really could and you know if we're being ultra harsh should I've uh, mm. got two or three goals because at, at times there Bradford weren't able to deal with us yeah I know exactly and like you said we, we sort of had um the problems we had with the people not travelling and then Jason going off after two minutes it's its a testament to the players that you know it's sort of not square pegs and round holes sort of thing but in a way it was but you know Nicky probably would have to do a lot more defensive work that he's probably used to Chickson's had to go left back even though he's played there before um, and so you know it, it was a testament to them to sticking together and sticking to the game plan and still 
grafting and like you said we nearly nicked it and maybe possibly on the balance play I don't know did we deserve to win it would you say or do you think a draw was a fair result I, I, I think a draw probably a fair result because mm. by the second half when Bradford started coming out and they, they, they had some, some decent players I like Jordi Hiwula uh, mm. the geezer who was sort of playing in, in midfield and he, the old uh, derby man isn't he uh, I can't remember he's born from Huddersfield I don't yeah. know that much I was looking up some stats about him yeah. uh, he was um, he, he, him and uh, Dylan Phillips seemed to have a bit of a personal duel going on which was quite entertaining mm. to watch because Dylan, Dylan certainly came out on top in that one but he, he did look a good player mm. this Hiwula and he was putting us under pressure ironically every time he missed a chance, a, a chance there was one bloke behind me shouting get him off get him off even though he was one of Bradford's best players <laughs> the only one who's shooting <laughs> yeah um I mean, let's talk about those chances. You, mm. you, you've seen them on the uh, on, on the, the highlights. The first one, uh, Jose plays through McGuinness. I mean, even mm. though Jose was playing on the wing, he still has that understanding with McGuinness. Played him through, McGuinness does well to bring it down, makes space for the shot, fires it across the goalkeeper. I and mean, this is the closest we came, really. Hit the out the inside of the far post. And I thought it was going to trickle over the line, but just went across the line. I mean, you can't get much closer than that. No, you can't. And it was it was a good play from, obviously, from McGuinness to bring it down. Because when he brought it down, I thought it was, it, the ball was still sort of behind him. And I didn't think it was going to be able to get it out of his feet but he's managed to get out of his feet and shoot across the goal and like you said it just rolled out um, you could hear the cheers <laughs> everyone thought it was in <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah no again it's a good link up playing on his day Josh is he's just an absolute tank and yeah oh, absolutely unplayable in that mm. first half yesterday uh, and uh, I think uh, Carl says as much in his interview after the game it's funny though if you, I was listening back to the highlights and like you say the, the Charlton fans were cheering that goal as if yeah. he'd gone in and then you can hear the Bradford fans trying to mimic it a few seconds later pretending to cheer and then stop yeah, yeah taking a mick <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next chance so, so, so then Jordan Botarka now Botarka is someone that we've seen fans calling for starts uh, Carl Robinson said on his first press conference that he loves to play with wingers mm. um, I think when I spoke to Subley he said that he I think he said I effing love wingers or something along, along those lines but um, <laughs> that didn't quite make the cut there. But, um, uh, and, and we've seen that with his two, his two games he's had so far he's, he's played with two wingers uh, obviously Jose had to drop back because mm. of the illness today but you know, Bataka started and that's, that's something that fans have been calling for now for me um, now we've seen him a bit in, in longer spells. I mean, we, we saw him coming off the bench for a little while at a time, and he was looking looking good, looking like he was going to create something. When you see him in longer spells, he, he's turned into a typical winger. Now he, he's some decision making you get a question. Like a few times he got played the ball down the wing and took too long and too many step overs and lost the opportunity to cross. Other times he shot from distance. Uh, one in the second half, which he very early in the second half where he tested uh, Colin Doyle and stretching. And that you know, would have been a decent effort, but maybe two or three times he shot when he shouldn't have. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you, you, you get that with wingers, don't you? You, yeah. you, expect, you expect them to get things wrong because they're in one of the most difficult positions. They're in one of the positions where you have to be creative and you have to take chances. Yeah, I mean, if you if you try and you could possibly count on one hand how many wingers in the world consistently play at the same level every single week. But mm. so yeah, they are hard because they're not going to do every single thing right. But um, the the main thing is is that he's getting in those positions because things like make decision making and he's crossing and stuff that can be coached. So as long as he's got the intelligence to get to make the space for himself to get in those positions, that's the main thing. So, um, but yeah, like you said with Botarka, it's a question: is you know, is he an impact player? Um, but obviously, I've not seen Botarka start yet. I don't think. Did you um, come to the cup game? No, no. <laughs> Which one? No, I don't think I've seen him start. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. He was only sort of getting bit part. So. Yeah. Or did he start? He's I might started, have. He started at MK, MK Dons last week. And oh, right. The only two starts no idea, yeah, and I didn't go to that game. So. Yeah. But yeah, no, so again, I haven't really seen him. But when I have seen him, the first time he came on, it was a bit, yeah, it was a bit ropey, but he was quite <laughs> unfit. So, but yeah, from the last few times, though, he's actually made an impact. So, 
Yeah, hopefully it'll continue. But I think one, I think once Cole gets his philosophies across, I think it will bode well for any wing, or Addy or Jordan or Nicky. And there, there is also a case of when when you are just coming into the team, whether it's a case of. Uh, the fact A you've got the fact there is a new manager who's going to try and implement new stuff but B it's the fact that Jordan hasn't been playing consistently with these players so he doesn't he doesn't quite know how to read the game I think there was one yesterday where Crofts went to play him, play a ball behind the defence and but Botafra pulled away from the defence so mm. a completely different wavelength so that's the sort of thing where they need to, he needs to understand where other players are going to play him in and mm. he also needs to understand when other players are going to overlap because I think there was once or twice yesterday where you know wrong, wrong decision making shooting when he shouldn't have holding on to the ball too long that that sort of thing you that comes in time, doesn't it? Yeah, that, I mean that will come in time with the games he plays. So, but he, and he is a skillful player, and that's mm. something that's something that we, at times we've lacked. Really, we've got Ricky and we've got Adamola. They're probably our two most skillful players, and and Jordan could be a third option for that if he can just get his head up and make that right decision. Yeah, I mean, when when Ricky got injured, I don't think I was on my own, and I was actually quite concerned about you know how we were going to play and if we were going to create as many chances as we had. And, we have we've done actually really well since Ricky's been out. So um, and Jordan that Jordan, that places for Jordan and Addy to keep now because obviously once Ricky comes back, I don't know when he's back. It was, here, it was eight after. weeks and it's been about three weeks so far. Well, okay, it? so, so it's yeah. going to be after so January time, isn't it? Yeah, so hopefully, well, no, yeah, no, no, no luck with injuries. We'll see him again. <laughs> yeah, January twenty eighteen. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's he's it's he's it's in his hands now to keep his place in that team. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that uh, that Jordan Botarka chance, well, it wasn't really a chance. He was trying to put a crossover. It took a deflection off uh, one of the Bradford men, and it just looped up into the air. And again, Doyle was completely rooted, uh, and it came off the crossbar. So that that had been twice in, in three <laughs> minutes we hit the crossbar. Then not much longer after that, uh, we saw another chance with uh, Lee Novak was uh, playing up front. He, he hustled and busted on sort of on the right wing, won, won the ball midway through the Bradford City half. Went into the area, pulled the ball back to McGuinness, the the very busy and the very dangerous McGuinness, who had time to take a touch, place his shot. Maybe wasn't quite perfectly in the corner again, if I'm nitpicking, mm. but it was it was excellent composure to bring it down to pass. You know, he knew where the keeper was. He couldn't go to the other side, in my opinion, because the keeper was blocking that side. He had to go to the side he went to, but the the defender was on the line. Mm. Uh, if it, if he'd gone slightly nearer the post, he might have asked a bigger question of him. But you know, we were coming close, and that was another big chance. Yeah, and it's one of those it's one of those shots where. Sometimes it, you can have too much time to sort of have a shot, and you overthink it a little bit. But he done well, you know, to get it obviously on target. Because when I looked at it back, I thought, I thought someone's going to clear it, and it's literally that person's got back on the line straight away, and it was great defending. But again, it's it's another sort of build-up play that we're sort of getting down the sides, and and it's not always Josh making the chances. Is it? You know, he's trying to put them away as well. And Novak done well yesterday, from what I see. So um, yeah, no, it was all in all. We've, we created the chances in the first mm. half, and we, it seemed that we were really unlucky to go in, go into half time yeah. at zero zero. And that and that half time, that first half performance, like we said sort of earlier, comes on the back of losing your one of your centre halves early mm. on. Jason Pierce went off with a groin. Um, hope, well, Carl doesn't sound too positive no. about it, but he does admit he's not physio, so he doesn't know. <laughs> um, but replacing him, George Teixeira. Now, he's, Teixeira is someone who was seemingly frozen out under Russell Slade. Uh, when I spoke to, was it? No, when Carl spoke to uh, Terry last week after the MK Dons game, he mentioned something on the lines of how uh, Teixeira now has a clean slate and how he's an excellent player. So that's so, so, whatever, so for whatever reason he wasn't playing under Russell, it's how, it seems now Carl has given him a clean slate mm. and he's probably going to get involved, man. <laughs> I mean, he looks... He was. He's a good. He's a great player. Yeah, no, he's a good player, and I think there, that, there was never that doubt that he was a player. But uh, you know, we obviously had the, in, the injury sort of pre-season, and he was slow getting back. And we, you know, we had, um, you know, you had 
you know, Pierce playing and Conza playing at the beginning, and they were playing okay. Um, and then, you know, and then Bauer got fit, and then he came in and he started playing well. So there weren't really a there weren't really a need for 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 the, any any manager to drop either of those two just to play George, but. Because um, we have got one, still one of the best defence in the in the league, and we must be in the top six defence. Oh uh, yeah, I think something, like some, that. something along those lines. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you, can't, you don't just if something's not broken, you don't try to fix it, do you? But yeah, but now he's obviously got a chance with Bauer at, um, and obviously Pierce probably looking <laughs> like he's going to be out for at least a month if it is a strain. But um, yeah, no, George is a good player, and like you said, good with when a manager comes in, every single player's got a clean slate, mm. um, and then it's a fresh, and then. So yeah, he's got to t- again. He's another one. He's got to take his chance now, um, because like I said, I, w- I wouldn't have dropped Pierce or Bauer. But yeah. now, one, they're not there. He's got to, yeah. whether he's because, here beyond January, I don't know. But yeah. he's got to take his yeah. chance. Because the only the, the good thing for us is the fact that we have got ample central defenders. Yeah. We had six senior central defenders at the start of the season. Uh, you do wonder what these. This I mean, the Bauer suspension will only be one game. But see how bad this injury is to mm-hmm. Pierce. Um, whether that'll make any difference to the fact that Harry Lennon, Richard Cordy was reporting there was clubs interested in him in, him in for for January. And I, at the time, when I saw that throw, I was thinking, probably let him go, to be honest. But he's, mm. a de- he's a decent enough player. He's made a couple of mistakes, Harry Lennon. But yeah. if the, you know, we've got enough cover there that you don't really need him. Mm. And for him, it might be better for his career to go somewhere where he's got more chances of getting first-team games. But mm. you never know. Right, so... Um, Second half starts. Uh, like I say, um, Botaka did have a long ranger quite early on in the second half. But then Huula, Jordi Huula, uh, continued his personal battle. I mean, he had he had a one on one with just before half time with Declan, where Declan came came out really well to to tip it around. Uh, Declan made a good save off Hansen early on as well. But Dylan. then, yeah, Dylan, Dylan, sorry, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan, not Declan. I oh, know I was picturing him as well. I, I thought you were saying Declan Phillips. I was yeah. like combining the two yeah. together. I did, I did mean Dylan. I knew, I knew what I meant. But. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, and then uh, in the second half Hiwula's starting again I think there was a one-on-one in that second half he had a shot just past the post Dylan's post Dylan Phillips' post <laughs> Dills <laughs> yeah old, old, uh, good old Dills uh, yeah, yeah Dill, Dylan <laughs> I'm trying to think of a nickname but all I can think of would be incredibly rude <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but then in the second half, I think we, we didn't quite hit the same hit, hit, hit the same sort of spell that we had in that first half. And then we, the Bradford started to show their form. Mm. They sat fourth in in the league, uh, five points above the team in fifth. You, know, you can see they're a good team, and, and you expect to come under pressure in, at that point. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're unbeaten at home, aren't they? So yeah, they're obviously unbeaten at home. They're up there. You know, they've always been when Parky was there. They've always been flirting with the playoffs the last few seasons. So we kn- it was it was only going to be a matter of time when they obviously put us on the back foot. Back foot, <laughs> back foot, and and we needed to stand up and be counted, which he did. So, you know, when they obviously come out second half, so obviously to put that first half behind them, we just had to stand up, and obviously we did that, and uh, you know, obviously kept the clean sheet, which again we've had quite, you know, we nil nil against MK. So, but like we've always said, our defence isn't the problem. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see a clean sheet, especially with the situation we had. With yeah. the whole of the game, really. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and as that game progressed, you know, you start to wonder what sort of substitutes that mm. that Carl was going to make. But he, he kept to his, he sort of kept to his guns and decided to make quite attacking ones. I think mm. we saw um, we saw Jacko come on, uh, we saw Hanlon come on quite late. Uh, obviously, he'd already made the, the one in the first half with Teixeira. Uh But he made he made two attacking subs in the second mm. half, and even though we're under pressure, he, he wasn't thinking until until Bauer got sent off. He wasn't thinking about trying to take that point. He was still trying to think about affecting the game positively and getting mm. forward and you know he can't really ask for much more than that I mean, mm. we were talking before the game sort of a few of us just in the, in the press zone saying 
we're not going to have many. Ironically, we've had two in a row, but we, we think we're not going to. We're going to see. We're expecting to see a lot of goals in games under Carl Robertson because we we do go so for, forward so much. I mean, mm. we, we have got a good defence, so hopefully, we, hopefully we'll, we'll still keep a few clean sheets. But we're expecting to see much more open games. Yesterday was a particularly open game. Yeah, no, and that's what I mean. He's, we, he came in and said that he likes to play expansively, but making the subs to instead of it being as a let's sit behind, let's sit behind a ball and try and protect the point. It'll, it'll be a case of. Okay, we'll sit behind the ball, but as soon as we're going to get that chance, we're just going to attack them. And bringing Brandon on with a pace and Jacko with his late sort of runs into the box, it was a it was it was a case of him just going right. Okay, we know they're coming at us, but we're going to send them messages saying you can do what you want, but we're going to ask some stuff if you push too many f- people forward. Um, and yeah, I mean, he obviously pushed them back, and then obviously Paddy got sent off, and we had to probably just had to contain it in the end. But mm. it is good that, like you said, that he's trying to still try and win the game even though we're away from home and it's nil-nil, it's just not a case of, right, let's just sit behind a ball and protect this nil-nil draw. Yeah. Now, uh, Patrick Dower, like I say, sent off there. He'd uh, picked up his first yellow card, off midway through the second half. Mm. Uh, I can't remember his exact minute. And then, uh, as we're just popping into injury time, Nolte's breaking towards the edge of the box. We've all seen it. Mm. Uh, and and, and he's, not, he's not the ball past him and he's going to go for on goal. So, Bauer, I mean... You can argue it all you want. I think he knows what he's doing yeah. there. He's clearly trying to step across the man just to block him off. And uh, Carl Robinson says that's a good red card, and that was a good red card because it would have been such a shame to, you know, to lose that game one 0 And people talk about gamesmanship or whatever, but sometimes you just have to do what you have to do for your team. And uh, he he did that. Yeah, I, I call them tactical tactical cards because you'll see it in every sort of game. If someone's if you if you if you're like thirty odd. I know Paddy ain't, but if you're further and you're going to have a little whip it next to him and he's through on goal, you're going to take him out. Yeah. You'd rather take a yellow card than him score. Um, so yeah, I'd call him a tactical yellow and yeah, I think Carl was right. It was the right thing for the team. Yeah, like you said, professionally, maybe not. You're not probably supposed to admit that, but yeah, yeah it was. It was the right thing to do. Yeah, Roland, time to go on to it. It says, Phillips, uh, Phillips was excellent again. That's Dylan Phillips. Yeah. Uh, it says, and Bauer, what a great sending off. In the words of Carl Robinson's, not mine. Yeah. yeah. In the words of Shaking Stevens. Uh, Sebo <laughs> says, the away stand at Bradford seemed like it was made from uh, Meccano, <laughs> which he did looking at it from a uh, from a distance. And then uh, Roland, time to go. Also says, really like what I see so far of Robinson. Very open and likes to talk to the fans by the looks of it and attacking football we'll come on to that in a bit because um, I actually spoke to Carl Robinson twice on, on the record yesterday which is completely unheard of apart from that time Russell Slade did his post-match interview then saw a replay or something where we might have had a penalty and then came out and did another one because he wanted to moan about the ref even though we'd already <laughs> done the interview and hadn't even seen it uh, Marion said listening to Charlton Live couldn't listen in yesterday so don't know much about the game other than the result pretty much the same as Nathan really but <laughs> 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 uh, no, he was at uh, 0-0 uh, Marion but it was an excellent game of football uh, and uh, it was really entertaining I mean that's that's the thing like, you'd, you'd accept a nil-nil sometimes when we've been I'm sure we've all seen some terrible nil-nils in our time but we've actually had a, quite a few decent ones I think Scunthorpe away this season was a nil-nil yeah. quite a good one this one up on Tuesday was a good nil-nil um, you, you can watch a, a game of football that ends nil-nil and, and quite enjoy it can't you? Yeah I mean if you've got two teams that are going to try and get the points then then obviously it'll be nice and entertainment but yeah we're, I'm not I'm not sitting here and I remember the first time we were in League One and I remember I can't it must have I think it was Oldham or something <laughs> it was on a Tuesday night and it was probably one of the worst <coughs> football matches I've ever like you, they couldn't trap a bag of cement they couldn't do anything mm-hmm. and, but um, yeah luckily we're going to have um, it, well, it seems that way that if we do get a nil-nil it's not going to be for the one to try and us trying to create things and Try different things, so but when, yeah, especially at times in that second half, I mean, particularly in the first half, but in that second half where we we're under pressure. But then when we won it, we were looking to counter so many times. There was one time where Phillips got the ball actually, and uh, 
he was looking for an option and there was space out on this left on this left wing and Botaka wasn't running into it mm. and uh, both Nuge and, and Robinson were fuming with him because they want they want this fast attacking football and and on on that particular occasion they didn't uh, Dylan didn't get the chance to throw it out to Botaka because he didn't move into that space but you can see every time we got every time we won that ball we were looking to move with it uh, passing it well uh, like, like just. There was this one fantastic ball from Teixeira out the back that set up an attack. But so many times we just a long, flat, incisive pass, and that, that got us going. And people overlapping. It certainly was like you could feel, feel the excitement mm-hmm. as that as, as that was building. Uh, right. So after yesterday's game, uh, Carl Robinson was uh, he was uh, just as we were setting up. I was sort of asking what he made of it, and he he, he clearly he clearly enjoyed himself. He, he seemed very happy as well. Uh, with the performance of the side. So this is uh, Carl Robinson. Uh, don't forget, on tonight's show, there's a, a few topics we're going to talk about. But first of all, we want you guys to let us know what you made of yesterday's game. So you can tweet us at Charlton Live or you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Let us know what you made of yesterday's game. Uh, let us know what you make of this uh, interview with uh, with Carl Robinson. And you can also, uh, if you want to add, add your tuppence onto anything else, we're talking about uh, what, what football collectibles you've got. I've got a mug collection from every club I go to, apart from the obvious ones. I, I refuse to get one from MK Dons uh, or from Palace or from Millwall. Uh, but I've got a mug from every other club I've been to recently. Uh, so let's know what sort of tat you collect. Uh, and also, uh, the, we, we spoke about the return to the Valley on uh, Thursday night show because uh, the anniversary of that was last week. But if you've got anything to add from that, if you've got any memories you wanted to share from that particular day, because that was obviously a very special day, get those in studio at charltonlive.co.uk. But like I said, me and Tell, uh, we caught up with Carl, the, the new Addicts manager, Carl Robertson, after yesterday's goal destroy of Bradford City, and uh, he seemed like a, a proud man. Carl, uh, goal destroy here at Valley Parade, what did you make of that? First off, we were upstanding. I thought we should have, should have had a penalty after seven minutes, when the big man's come inside, you can clearly see there's contact on it. Um, but all in all, the players are superb. I just said before we come on air here to no Deckerwood, no Sully, no Fox, no Pierce after two minutes, no Adam Ola Luckman, no Ricky Holmes. <laughs> and we still came here to win. Uh, and even with five minutes to go, we, and I'm more disappointed in the second half. I don't think we played our way second half. I thought the way we passed the ball first half with excellence, aggressive through the thirds, and, and picked them off at will at sometimes. Josh McGuinness was superb for that first 45, and unfortunately, he didn't get that goal that he deserved. But then from then on in, I thought second half it was just about roll them sleeves up and, uh, and fight for your club. And I think every single one of them, well, every sub that we made was an attacking one. We brought Jack on to go 4 3 3. And then we bring off, obviously, Jordan later on, and we try and put Brandon on to try and get us a goal. So I don't think many teams would come here with the players we've got out to try and win. And even when we're under pressure, to still be trying to be on the front foot. And I think the, the, the response that we got off the fans at the end, I think, because they've seen that. They knew we weren't just happy to just... Oh, I'll be honest, I was happy to take a point when we went down to ten men. <laughs> my, my thought process definitely changed then. Um, but other than that, the players, the players, I can't ask no more. I, I really, really can't. You must have thought things were conspiring against you with all the illnesses you had and then Pierce going off in the first half. So the, the, the way your side reacted to that. If you want to sulk, yeah. So it's time for sulking. It's time for positivity. It's time for forward-thinking mentality. It's a time for you seeing it. I get in amongst it. Hopefully the fans can see. I've only been here for two weeks, but they can see what I just love football and I love being at this football club. I was getting changed this morning and there was a mirror and it looked really fattening. But I just seen my tracksuit and I, and I sort of went, oh, it's chat. wow. It still doesn't really... It's not really got to me. And I looked this morning and this is a, this is... This is a special thing to be a part of, and I think you can see there's a youth enthusiasm in the group. And to have so many players out, but to tactically get it right, and to be aggressive in all of our thought processes. With um, all the chances you had in the first half, 
at the other end when Phillips was, was called upon he made some good saves I just today. said to him there he's, he's unlucky isn't he because he's probably the best goalkeeper in the league is Declan Wood best keeper in the league and it's hard to, to play second fiddle to that but then when you come in you've got to perform like you have and he has been superb his kicking his talking his self confidence his shot stopping I, I, the kid they keep him brilliant and, I, and I'm so so proud of him how is Jason Pearce that looks like a, possibly a groin not, injury early it's not, on it's not good it's not good no uh, listen I don't have any degrees to talk to you about physio side of the game, so I'm not going to clue. I've got a sore groin, <laughs> and the physio had a bit of a face on, so it can't be a good one either. So we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll listen as you, as you well know. Uh, immediately after the game, no one quite knows what it is, and it has to settle down. Maybe it's a Monday or Tuesday we speak again, that we can give you a, a fair reflex of how bad or hopefully how not so bad it is. Bradford's home form is very good, so to come here and get something is a yeah, good result. Yeah, but the players, we said all week, we're here to win. We've said that to you, we've said that in the dressing room. I think you can see, if we all believe it, we can achieve great things. Um, OK, yeah, we've gone up and played in the league, but we've gone points further away, but the team that is sick, we played them next in the league. So, this is to come into this club, probably the most difficult batch of games we've had the new to the Sheffield United game coming away to a team that's never been beat here to play a team that's probably the mo- one of the most formed teams in the league in Peterborough then obviously you've got the derby the following week then it's MK Dons we've got new manager I think they've won today against AFC Wimbledon so you, 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 it's a difficult time to come in there's no games anyone can look at but it's a great time to come in because any time you can come into this football club it's always got to be a good time so you've been through the emotions today and it's probably going to be an interesting day for you on, on Tuesday going back to, to MK no, no, not really not really because uh, I think I think everyone knows this is this is where I am now and the people at MK Dons I don't think they'll care too much about me after beating AFC Wimbledon today <laughs> thank you you mentioned that uh, we've had this uh, illness rip through the camp yeah. in the week. Um, it's, uh, it's affected your team selection, of course. Yeah. Uh, but the players that have come in did a sterling job. Yeah, I'm me. You can see I'm, I've got a bit of it as well. It's, uh, it's just because they've worked so hard all week. And obviously, as you well know, when you're in a football club, they're so confined to certain spaces that one person gets it, it just spreads right the way through. Um, it's been hard, but the players' mentality is for me to wake up yesterday morning and say, Adam, oh, Luckman's not travelling. Doesn't get much worse than that, does it? Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I think the performance the lads have put in for the ones who sat at home today, they'll look at this. All the players who haven't played, they'll look at this and go, "Yeah, well done, thank you." Because when I come back, we're going to build on it, and that's the important one. But it's worth uh, the fans knowing that uh, players like Josh McGuinness, Nicky Jose, and Lee Novak all had this illness and are all, all basically yeah, travelled yeah, well I'm with, pa- with it. Still. I'm Patrick Bauer as well. He before the game, the fans will tell you we were here. I had to speak to him before the game. He felt dizzy. He felt he felt lethargic. And the man was a rock today. Uh, I know he got sent off at the end, but don't mind that. It was a good sending off. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah. It's <laughs> a good one. Well done, Patrick. <laughs> You've got to do it again, of course, for, for Tuesday night. We're going to, with Patrick Power going off now, you've yeah. got to shuffle again. Yeah, listen, I think the fans will appreciate there's no harder time to come in with the, with the difficulties that we're having behind the scenes. Um, and for once, it's not <laughs> it's now on the pitch that we're having these difficulties in relation to one or two injuries and illnesses. But it's, it's when you've got to enjoy it. But to come to the Valley today, and there's a Valley, we went in the Valley. <laughs> we come to Bradford today, I can't wait to get back to the Valley. <laughs> we come to Bradford today, and to perform like we did, I think the players deserve a pat on the back to, to come through it. I said to them, listen, that's shared. Going, it's, the people who have travelled here, they support this club so, so much. And 
and you see at the end they got them in and every player went and clapped the fans it's important that there's a connection you can see what we're trying to build it's an oil tank in some ways that we're trying to turn it's not a little tiny speedboat you can just put your hand on and change direction immediately it's a slow burner it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's one that we have to work hard to turn the direction of that and uh, hopefully the first port of call for everything is a work ethic and a, and a natural enthusiasm and a desire to play for your club and make the badge mean something and the fans proud and I think today I don't think many fans will go away too disappointed with the performance a horrendous 48 hours uh, but we've come here and showed real quality I think You, uh, you mentioned time scales you mentioned it's a long job Do you, are you the sort of person that sets yourself time scales <laughs> that you can tell us about at least yeah I do I do three four years <laughs> I want to be here for a long time I really do I want to uh, and that we've openly said as a club, I want to get past 500 here. And that'll be my objective. And do you know how you do it? Win games of football. And if you don't win, do what you've just done today. And fans can accept performances like that. Well, congratulations on it. It wasn't yeah. a win, but well done for yeah. something. Thank, so Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Cousins, lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vinicaine! And there's a goal! Joe left the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide ball ball across the penalty area, picked out Vinicaine, who buried his chance, and Charlton 2-1 up. From the home of time, time. this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Murphy, he wind himself up for the shot. Robidoux, he can hit it, he can win it for Charlton Athletic. Dennis Robidoux has arrived in England at last. Would you believe it? So I think I quite like the idea of playing classic goals on the show every now and then. Tom done it when he hosted it a few weeks ago, didn't he? The El, El Kokori free kick. And it, yeah, like, he's, yeah, he's proper man love for Kokori. <laughs> yeah. So I think we might do a bit of that. Right, that was, uh, what's his name? Carl Robinson speaking to me and tell after yesterday's game. Uh, just while, whilst that was going on, I just noticed that uh, uh, Kyle Andrews has got a new cat and he's called it Yan. Which is, that's a, see, I'm looking at that thinking, oh, that's, that's, a cla- that's a classic name for a cat, that is. Like, my cat's called Solly, so you've got to name a cat after a Charlton hero. But then Carl's just tweeted me, I'll oh, guess what the cat used to be called when it was in the home. Louis. So if you're going to name it after a Charlton hero, why do you need to change it from Louis? That's exactly. Yeah. Need to try and get everyone to have a cat and have like the starting 11 of that <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah, starting 11. And then, yeah. We should get them all together, our yeah. little meat. And then put them out in the checker trade <laughs> trophy next season. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, uh, Carl Robinson there. Um, now, people, uh, I, I did, people probably listen, listen to the interviews that we've had off Carl so far. And they're probably thinking, wow, that enthusiasm, that's really coming through. But they're probably thinking in the back of their mind, is that his media personality? <laughs> Every time I've spoken to him, that's exactly how he is. He can, like, he's enthusiastic. It doesn't feel forced at all. He, um, his enthusiasm for the game, his love for the game, his excitement of being here at Charlton, it really, it really shines through, both on and off the record. Um, I imagine, you know, I imagine people are taking to him quite a lot now. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, uh, he sounds like, um, he sounds like a school kid. He yeah. sounds like it's literally it's the biggest job that he's <laughs> ever had, and it might might well be a fair play to him. But when you have someone who comes in with so much enthusiasm, 
and positivity it, it's infectious and it will rub oh, off yeah. it will rub off on the players it will rub off on the fans and if you and it's a way that what I could, you can every question that he answers it they're perfect in the way they're said and what he's trying to say because it makes everyone believe on where we're trying to get to and there's this I can't ex- I can't explain it. It's like uh, confidence. So uh, even though yesterday the the sort of illness that went round and you, uh, last year we'd have been dreading. Oh, here we go, five nil or something. Hmm. But you still got that enthusiasm, positive. Go, oh, we might actually do something here. And it's a bit weird how it's changed from about like what since the last month. Yeah. Well, I guess that that positivity that comes through in terms of interviews and that sort of thing but he also has to translate that into he does translate that into the way his sides play football I I was speaking to Carl uh, I'll play you one we did before the game yesterday in a minute because that's that's another talking point because I thought that was quite interesting as well but I was speaking to him after that and I just sort of of mentioned to him it must have been funny for you last week against MK particularly in the first half where they were playing this incisive counter-attacking pacey football Hmm. and I said to him that must have been quite funny it's almost like you're being beaten by your own philosophy in that first half Mm. and he said yeah He's, he's sort of um, he, he's like that. That's the way he likes to play football. MKs still have that mentality, and that's mm. what we're going to start to get. And we we had that particularly in the first half yesterday, but it spells in the second half as well. And that's uh, that's why it's uh, it's good to see. Now I, I, I tweeted out asking what what fans have made of uh, of Carl so far. And, uh, Keith says uh, personally, I'm very impressed with his passion, desire, uh, openness, and enthusiasm. Just hope he's allowed to do the job and that of course is the question now mm. it's, it, it will always be the question and after what's happened over the last three years don't forget Carl's our eighth manager and we uh, a lot a lot of people felt positive about some of the stuff that Russell was coming out with early on and the, it's always at the back of your mind you know we, we, we hope that Carl's going to be given a, like he, he might need a five game spell you know? He might need. He might be thinking. I need four. I need four weeks to get this into my team, mm. and and that's completely acceptable. And and you know, I know we're all football fans. We want to win every game, but sometimes it does take three or four weeks to change a mentality, to change a playing style. Mm. Uh, and therefore, at the back of your mind, you're thinking: once if he loses his next three games, is Ronan going to be thinking, "Oh, I've made a wrong decision here"? Mm. Well, I mean, it's, it's, that's what I mean. So for him to come in and put his philosophy and his stamp on to a, a bunch of a group of players <coughs> that have obviously for, through pre-season and the beginning of this season have been told a way of playing which is is chalk and cheap between Russell and Carl in terms oh, yeah, of their definitely. setup. Hugely. So if we've bought, we've got a squad that are probably set up to be in a way the way that Russell played. So maybe a month I'd even give him beyond the transfer window because he still needs to get a few players for him to sort of put his real stamp on this squad. But yeah, I mean it's so I mean so if once he gets once we give him that time I think it will pay dividends. Whether or not he does or not, we always say we don't know. We hope yeah. he does. But, I mean, it would be crazy if they didn't. But, again, we, you just don't know, do you? Yeah. But, it was funny. We were talking about this on, on the way back yesterday. When you, go, you go to an away game, like up at, up at Bradford. You're miles away from here. You're miles away from even thinking about the Belgians. All you're thinking of is, right, I fancy, I, I want to get three points here today. Mm. You're dealing with Carl Robinson, who's, who, like I say, is, is infectious, as, mm. as you said. He's, he's really, his enthusiasm, it really came across uh, when he was speaking to, to us after the game. Even like while we were waiting for George to set up the camera, we are sort of chatting, and he's, 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 just like, he's just like that off, off camera as he is mm. on camera. And, and you, you sort of, all you're thinking about is, this, this this is a good chance. This it actually felt it all felt right yesterday, mm. and obviously l- lingering at, far at the back of your mind. But it's so much easier when it's an away game, and that's sort of an afterthought, uh, and you can just try and you just try to enjoy the, the ninety minutes. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's, it's I mean, obviously I've not met him yet, but um, 
It's just the way, yeah, I mean, if he's like that off camera, like you said, when he was setting up the camera, now, it's just, I don't know, because you never really see managers that so enthusiastic. Yeah. Usually they're quite miserable, aren't they? Yeah. But, um, Give him six weeks here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, ho- I'm, hopefully it will last, and I'm, I'm sure it will. Ray Pavan says, it's the first Charlton game for a long time that I enjoyed both being at, uh, uh, both uh, uh, teams, both teams played football, ending goalless was, but was not a disappointment. Pedro Rock, uh, Pete said, uh, I like Carl Robinson, he, he sounds really up, he said he was good on five live on Friday. I haven't actually, uh, did you? No, uh, I heard uh, it, I see it on the forum, um, but I didn't have a chance to listen to it. I don't know if there's another recording on though, I haven't really it will, checked. Yeah, but, it'll, it'll be there somewhere. But, um, we'll but yeah, again, it's another sort of aspect that he comes across really positively. So. To try and uh, dig that one out. Brian Haynes says, the more I hear of Carl, the more I like him. Open, enthusiastic, supportive of players and has a sense of fun as well. Random Time to Go says, did, did we listen to the five live? Really good to hear. Uh, Carl is going to speak to season ticket holders. And uh, and I assume he's put card there. So like I say, I haven't actually heard uh, heard it yet, but it'll be uh, something to listen to. Uh, Brian Haynes uh, replying to Marion says, "Let's hope he doesn't." Uh, Marion said, "Let's hope that that Carl doesn't get beaten down by the time of the club here." And Brian says, "Absolutely, I'm almost scared to be optimistic these days." And you can uh, I fully understand that, mm. but uh, let's let's hope not. Uh, Daniel says, "Never been more impressed with interviews and press conferences by a Charlton manager, certainly." From this early on uh, of Carl Robinson. Now Sue says that she's got a cat also named after a player, a cat <laughs> called Kinney after Mark Kinsella. So we're getting there. That's our. We get there. We might. We've got three. So we've got, so we've got so far. up front. We've got Kinney in the middle, central midfield. Souls at right back. Solly at right back. Right. Can we make a cat eleven from the named cats? I used there? to have. I used to have a cat called Skulls, but it didn't play for Charlton, so I can't really yeah, count. And it's dead, yeah. so I can't and really dead, do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, some of our midfielders. <laughs> <in the day>. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, now something else that happened yesterday. Now this is something that's not happened. Uh, to, to us before as far as I know especially not not since I've been doing this sort of stuff um, when I spoke to Carl after the MK Dons Cup game he sort of mentioned just before we went on that oh, he was saying to all the oh, uh, my old club I do uh, we used to, used to speak to the BBC before the game and let them know how I'm going to set up and I, 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 he was saying this in front of me I was like I'll be bang up for that because you know I have to do team news uh, on there and, and for Richard as well so I need, I need to know what his ideas are um, and then so I, I sort of arranged it with Ollie and, and Carl yesterday before the game I'll go and speak to him uh, Ollie filmed it as well so it went up on the Charlton Twitter account so it was out there we put it on BBC Radio London uh, Audio Boom account we put it Charlton put it on their Facebook and Twitter account and, and whatnot. Um so all these sort of things actually it was um, it was all out there and, and, and uh, Carl sort of explained what he wanted to do before the game so let, let me play you that interview first and you can see he was explaining to the Charlton fans his setup before, and then we'll talk about what, what you thought of that idea. And uh, hopefully, it's what, in my opinion, hopefully it's one that's going to continue. Carl, what's your starting lineup for today's <laughs> game at Bradford City? Yeah, a lot different to what it was the, the other day. In some ways, um, we've got Dylan in goal. Uh, we've got Conscious come back in at right back after he's been, he's been fine all week. Uh, we thought that was an important one for us. Fox, he's not made it easy. Uh, some personal things and illness that he's got. So Chickson comes in for him at left back. Um, the two stalwarts at the back in, in Pierce, who's been, been outstanding, and obviously Bauer, who was so so impressive. He's been really, he's been ill as well. He's, but he's come through it thankfully. Um, in midfield, you've got I think in there when you when you look at like, Freddie and Crofty. Luckily they've been away. They've stayed away from everything, and and there's where the change starts to happen. Where we're, we're going to play with uh, Jordan on the right, but playing very very narrow. Uh, we're going to also go with Nicky on the left. Playing narrow, so almost like a fo- in between the ten and the eleven positions. We want to play a bit of an old-fashioned system, but in the inside left and inside right formation, and playing both strikes up front in Novak and McGuinness playing very high. So it's, it's a very aggressive team. People will say, "We'll look at it and say we're coming here." 
playing with all them strikers, a team that haven't been beaten, I think it shows the mentality that I want to bring to the football club. Um, but on top of that, we can also spin it to a 4-3-3 as well. So all these illnesses have happened so late. So yesterday we worked on that system, then we also worked on another system in a, in a sort of 4-3-3. And, and if we go to that duel in the game, it would be Crofty will sit with Freddie and Jordan, there's two high players, and then we'll go with the front three across the top with Nicky, Lee, Novak and McGuinness, and depending on what side they're more offensive, Nicky will play on that side. So we've done an awful lot of work in, in, in a period of time. The players turn up here full of confidence, obviously the illnesses that have gone through the camp and one or two injuries we've got, you come here without a home, sort of Sully, without debt and rud, you're looking now with no Adimola here. So it, there's just so many players that haven't made Foxy who's been forever present for a long period of time. But what I see it as an opportunity for me, so I'm getting to see all my squad <laughs> in, a, in a different way, uh, but I'm really excited by this challenge and it's going to be a difficult one, the players know, I think five wins and five draws here and we'll, uh, we have said all week about I think 16, 17 of their goals and 11 have been scored from across in some ways. I think there have been six from set pieces, first phase or second phase. So when you think and you look at that, you go, hang on, I think they've scored 26 or 27 goals. So they've only scored 10 from open play. It's important that we understand the fundamentals of where they score their goals. And uh, we've worked really hard. I'm really excited by it. Um, and you can see the detail has gone into it. <laughs> um, but we're, we're ready. And a few young players have travelled to the young bench in some ways. We've got um, Aribo here, who, who, who's not made the squad, but brought him here. Cause hopefully he'll play some minutes on Tuesday in the FA Cup. And we'll, uh, but we're ready and ready to go. And we're looking forward to the challenge. All the best today. Thank Carl you so Robinson. much. So there we go. That was Carl Robinson uh, speaking to me before the game yesterday. Now, that's, it's, it's, that's unusual. You don't often see managers doing that. Um, I mean, what, what, what did you make of that decision, Nate, for him to, to, to come and speak to me before the game to, to explain his policy? I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be something that happens every week. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's great. So, you know, it's um, it's another way of communicating with with everyone and just that sharing that bit of transparency. It's not some sort of big secret of. You know, he's already handed in his team sheet, I assume. So it's nice, big. Well, he almost had. He was uh, while we were speaking off uh, after the after the interview. Uh, Ollie had to cut that short because Carl had forgotten to hand in the team sheet. Oh, right. Ollie, Ollie was like, "Carl, you got to hand that in." He was like, "Oh yeah, sorry." So that was quite funny. But yeah, it, 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 that that story doesn't go out until the team yeah, the team news is out. Exactly, yeah. So I mean, I think it's, I mean that it's. Like, <coughs> You know, it's, it's not a lot that it's not very often that other teams do it, but it's no hindrance to anything. You know, it's just being trying to be open. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And transparent because you're going to ask him the questions after anyway about yeah. tactics if he didn't go to plan or whatever. But, but yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think it's great if, you know, if once it's put out there, mm. I think it's got another, again, it just shows him how he wants to... Mm. 
do things nowadays and it, yeah, yeah, I just think it was a nice it, little touch it, it could it could also be his way for say for example he you know say he was doing what, what Russell was doing and not playing someone like Jordan who's who is looking good it, it'll come out and say say Russell before every game would come out and said this is my lineup. this is what I'm going to do and he explains why so and so is in the team I, I want to be slightly more balanced in midfield blah 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 whatever, whatever he did then at least you'd have to reason him rather than just people someone going oh, why is he not playing Jordan again yeah. you know it would have sort of been explained as well which um you know, which would would have been um, uh, uh, possibly something that where a manager can get his uh, his ideas out there. Now, uh, Roger Trask has just said, "Louis, I had a goldfish named Boulder after Super Bob." So now we're actually get we're actually getting the the, the, the backbone. Although I don't think fish actually have backbones, but we're getting the backbone, the spine of a of a decent pet eleven here now. So we've got Boulder in goal. We've got um, Solly the cat. Solly the cat, right, right back. back. Yeah, uh, Kins in the middle. So Kinsella, what was the Kins? What was Kins a cat? Kins, yeah, Kins was a cat. That was Sue's cat. Kins the cat. So we're gonna go. We, I'm just doing my little drawing now. Look how nice that is, mate. Oh, nice. Got a nice little pitch and everything. <laughs> so yeah, we've got just need uh well everywhere else. Really. So we've got a right back, <laughs> centre mid. Yan the cat up. Front. Oh yeah, we got Yan yeah. up there. Yan the cat up front. And now uh, Marco's just tweeted in the he's got he had a guinea pig called Kerbishly. Uh, which was a bit. He says it's a bit of a boring uh, pet, to be honest. Well, well we can put we perhaps. can put him on the. I'll put him in a little dugout. Yeah. Well, are we going to? I mean, if we're desperate, I think Curves. Curves, Curves can go in the middle. Time. I think he played in midfield. Yeah. Yeah. So he can go in the midfield yeah. if if we need to. Yeah. Right. Running time to go. Confirmed. Apparently, um, on the five live interview, uh, Carl said he'd be happy to speak to the CAS Trust, so the China Athletic Supports Trust, rather than Card. And he said, "Do you think Kane would let him speak to Card? You're crazy." <laughs> uh, that's true. Uh, right, Tim Ruffle says, like the seven others before him, uh, Cole seems upbeat, determined. It usually takes a few weeks for Roland's policies to uh, to sink in. Uh, Sue says you can't help but like Cole, and you can't, and she can't wait to meet him. Uh, Jimmy C said, I used to have a cat called Colin. I like to think it's because I knew Colin Walsh would soon play for Charlton. Now you can't predict that. You can't predict that Colin Walsh is going to play. So I don't think we can count that in the pet eleven. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. We've got rules and rules and regulations down there, so we can't yeah. Use, yeah, use that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jim says, next time you interview Carl, can you ask him if he's received the copy of the Jimmy Seed story I left for him? Uh, I'll probably forget to do that, but I can try and remember. <laughs> try and remember. You, you can remember to do that on Tuesday. What's that? You've got to ask him if... Um, <laughs> if, if the uh, Jimmy Seed thing. If he's the got Jimmy the Jimmy Seed story, story. that Jim Dutton's left for him. Right. Now, Matthias, who uh, was up at Bradford yesterday, I'm sorry I couldn't come and uh, see you before the game, Matthias, but I was having... Uh, incredible issues with my ICN kit which kept cutting out I ended up having to share a desk with Terry couldn't think of anything worse <laughs> I had to share a desk with Terry in the end to sort that out uh, he said great point yesterday Carl Robertson has brought much needed energy big shout out for Phillips who played great in between the sticks and now uh, Mark has uh, suggested a, uh, a formation for the uh, what formation do you think we should be playing with a, with a pet 11 uh, Mark, has, Mark, he got, has he got a clever one yeah Mark wants us to play fur fur two <laughs> well, yeah, we we will do that because I was doing four four two anyway. <laughs> I thought he was being serious. I thought he was going to come with like a diamond or so. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> wingbacks, yeah, your wingbacks, yes, chickens. There you go. <laughs> right now, chicken. Yeah, a man who yeah. might a man who might have made the animal eleven. Uh, if you're ever so slightly hard of hearing, uh, Adam Chickson, uh, he uh, he came out to speak to, to Terry and myself after yesterday's game. Uh, you'll hear midway through the interview, George, the uh, one of the club's media guys, wrote a little fact on his phone and showed it to me. And because I didn't trust him, I, I, you can hear I blamed George just in case it turned out he was wrong. But he was right anyway. But this is uh, Adam Chickson uh, speaking to us after yesterday's draw with Bradford City. Joined by Adam Chickson and Adam, uh, yeah. thrown in at left back. Yeah. Um, how did you, how did you uh, find the game? Uh, you know, I found the game, it was, it was very, 
it was uh, I thought we had the energy that, that we, we needed, you know, going forward. I thought we, we broke quickly, we had a game plan, we've worked on it all week. And, you know, I thought we executed it down to a T, you know. If those chances go in uh, in the first half, you know, it's, it's basically a perfect game plan. You had some illness in the camp, yep. which, uh, which uh, chucked you in at uh, left-back. Yep. Uh, sterling performance. Yeah. Uh, you must be pleased with, with the way you Yeah, I mean, that, that goes around the, the whole team. The lads who have stepped in, you know, we're, we're all here to, to do the job when we come in. We need to be ready. That's, that's, that comes from in training the whole week. You've got to be ready to step in. You know, if someone drops out on a Friday, that's, that's just how it is. And if you're ready, then you're ready to put in a good performance. Up against Mark Marshall, who's yeah. a, a decent winger and, uh, and will cause defences a lot of problems in, in this league. You must have been pleased the way you handled it. Yeah, I was very pleased, you know, but that, that, that goes around the whole team. That means that's from the front. And, you know, that, go, that goes not just for me, that's Ezri at the back, that's, that's every, every uh, back, a whole back four and our keeper, it's not just me. You know, I've done my job with him, but I thought, you know, around the whole pit, you could have named 11 players that played well today. Must be difficult to, to analyse when you're playing, but uh, from the sidelines, uh, mm. an entertaining nil-nil. Yeah, very entertaining. You know, that, that, that's, a, that's a good thing about it. You know, you do see us, we were on top. I felt it like we were going to get chances. I, fit, I felt solid at the back with, with the other lads next to me. And, you know, from there you can build on so much having, having a performance like that. Physical presence out front uh, that were always, was always going to put us under pressure. Yeah. And we lost, um, obviously, Jason Pierce very early on. I still managed to settle down at the back and uh, Tesh came in and, and, yeah. and, and did well. Again, that's, that's, that's from the lads knowing their jobs. You know, that's not just the lads starting. That's the lads out the team. We all know our jobs if we were to come in. And, you know, Percy's un unlucky to drop out so early on, but Tex, you know, stepped in, he was great as well. You must have felt a little bit unlucky to, uh, to not play after a, after a good performance at the Bristol Rovers. Yeah. Uh, but a new manager now, um, yeah. how's, how's things been since uh, Carl's coming? Yeah, he's been great, you know, he's, he's, he's got a real direction of where he wants to go with us. And, you know, the lads have understood that straight away, we've got right on board. We've, uh, we've worked hard in training, that's everyone. And uh, my, personally, myself, you know, I just get my head down in training, make sure I'm on it every day and ready for when he does call upon me. Well, congratulations today. Great. Yes, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, Adam, George tells me that you've, you've worked under the, the manager before. Yeah. Uh, from what you've worked with him before, what sort of things do you, do you Yeah, no, he's got such enthusiasm. When he first came in with me, obviously, he was, he was a new manager on the scene, and um, that enthusiasm, it hasn't gone. Uh, he gets the lads going. He, he knows how he, where he wants to be, how he wants to play. And, you know, as a team, that's, that's what you need. You know, you need one, one direction going forward, and that's what we've got. How do you think you're going to find it going back to MK then and Carl as well? You know, I've had my eye on it and uh, we've got him, what, so many times in the next couple of weeks. So for me, you know, if, obviously if I make selection, you know, I'll be, I'll be buzzing to get back and play at, at Stadium MK. So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason, can't find hope to believe in. Great hurt drive. Can he get across into the middle? He can. There's Custer to the far post. Yeah! That's good. Come on! We're a goal. Yeah! In the 96th minute. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio on your Sunday evening. Louis Mendes and Nathan Miller in the studio here at the Valley, currently building a pet eleven. Nate, who's who's that? Who's that? What was the one you just said? I just forgot. Right, so so we've just got so so Pal. during the break we've had uh, Dan Sheed has got a, a cat called Bailey. So yep. That's Nicky Bailey in the central yep. centre of midfield. Yeah. Then Ray Bates, who um, has also got a dog called Bailey. So Bailey the cat and the dog. Yeah. He's in there twice, but he's also got we said these uh, are uh, German Shepherd dogs. I think uh, it's a. Uh, uh, one called Zena. Don't know. Don't know when he played for us. Uh, one called Pal. Or is that? Or is it called Zena Pal? All right, that one's called Zena Pal. We'll count that as Pal. Yeah. So the left back is Pal the dog. Uh, you've also on left midfield. You've got JJ the dog. Or do yeah. you want to play him as is, Ray? Is he named after the striker JJ? Or is he named after the? How old do How old do dogs live? Uh, 
I don't know. Let, let's assume that's Johnny Jackson. Yeah, we yeah. assume it's Johnny. Yeah. So we'll put him on the left. So I've already wrote it down. I got yeah. rubber. And he's, he's he's got Valley as well. So they're playing at the Valley. Yeah, <laughs> playing at the bit at the dog, and uh, and he's got Bailey as well, which we've we've already mentioned there. So that's some more uh, pets for the pet eleven. So what what positions do we need filling now? So all I've got left is who's the hamster one you said? Oh, oh yeah, and so um, my other half used to have a hamster back in the day called Clive. Uh, after Clive Mendonca yeah we could have that yeah so do we still need a striker no so we, if we put Clive in there we just need two centre halves and a right midfielder yeah alright so any, if anyone's got someone called Sam as a cat we can have it as Lloyd Sam yeah so someone right must mid- have a cat or a dog yeah. called Sam was well, no one ever named a, like, who, who do we used to have on right midfield Lloyd, Lloyd Sam Lloyd's Scott Sam. Wagstaff yeah someone must have a dog named after Waggy Waggy Tail <laughs> so that would make sense. Clive the guinea pig. Clive, Clive the no, no, hamster. Oh, sorry. Sad, sadly, moved on, uh, passed <laughs> on. Clive the hamster. But uh, uh, so it's uh, Clive, Clive the real footballer retired. So it's the same thing, really. Uh, right. So that was uh, that was Adam Chickson there. He's uh, coming at left back for the Eel Morgan Fox and, and looked look really solid yesterday. Um, I, I thought he played really well. What, what have you made? Of, I mean, the, the likes of it. He, he talks about there how he has to come into the the starting lineup at you know. Late notice, following the illness to Morgan Fox, and that, that can't be easy for him, though, can it? No, no, it can't. And that's uh, I said it earlier. It was a testament to all the players that were, you know, put in different positions, and you know they've they've worked all week on a, s- a situation, especially with Pierce going off uh, set pieces. Pierce has obviously had to mark someone defending him and worked on attacking the set pieces, and then within two minutes, it's all gone up the creek. So. Yeah, so it was going to be a disruption. So yeah, it was a testament to all of them that even Chickson, who's been a bit part player, to come in and get a decent, solid result away from home against a, a decent side. Mm. Right, uh, Lewis Wheeler says, shows how highly most of the football world thinks of Carl Robertson. What other League One manager would be on five live for an hour? And I, I'm assuming he was on the Friday night club. Well, and I do know they get managers in and, and they sit there with him for an hour. I mean, it's often the Premier League manager. So you, perhaps you're right that in terms of a League One manager, there, there, there does seem to be a lot of interest in Carl because, from you know, if you're an outsider looking in after what he did at MK Dons, it's very rare to see a manager stay at a club for six and a half years these days. So to see what he did at MK Dons for that amount of time, it probably is quite of interest to the football world to see how what Carl Robertson does next. And then when you add it into the fact that he's gone to manage Roland Du Châtelet's Charlton, that's probably turned it into quite a big story. Yeah, as and you know, he's, he's obviously done a good job at MK. He was there for a long time. He plays attractive football. He's you know, he brought through. Uh, Brandon Galloway and Deli Alley, who's obviously, especially Alley's gone on to bigger and better things. So <coughs> he's going to have that recognition in terms of the football community and what's he, what he's doing. And obviously coming to Charlton, apart from the, the sort of ownership sort of thing, it's it's still a big club in a, in a, in, a, in League One, and it's a obviously a project and a challenge that he loves. To, he's really looking forward to. So I think yeah, he's really sort of well thought, and he's young as well. You know, he's still got. He's only a couple of years older than Jacko, isn't he? Only like 30? Yeah, 36, yeah. 30, so that's right, he's crazy. He can still play. Well, maybe not now. <laughs> <laughs> he could go and go or something. That's an emergency. Yeah. Just, stick, just stand there. He might make the animal 11, maybe. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Sebo says, uh, I wasn't keen on Carl Robertson when he was at MK Dons, but it's grown on me in the, fortnight, in the fortnight that he has been here. First gaffer since Sir Chris Powell to talk well of what he wants for the club. Now, that's the point that a lot of people have said, because I know it's... You know, um, a lot of people before Carl, you know, when Carl was at MK Dons, seemed a bit down on him. Now, you, I was trying to think what the reasons for that would be. Now, people say, I remember Tom was saying he mm. apparently used to come out and blame the referees a lot, that sort of thing. I think, for me, the fact that he was ever tied with MK Dons, which is a club that a lot of people don't really respect, um, that, that probably had a big bearing on it as well. 
Uh, the fact he is quite um, outgoing, that, mm. that can grate on people as well. But once he's one of your, once it's your own doing it, changes, that, doesn't it? Yeah, it all changes, doesn't it? And mm. and and then you listen, you, know, you listen more to what he says, and you think, gosh, he's very enthusiastic, and he's, you know, his excitement is starting to rub off on the players. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this, when, 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 that's when we was talking about if there was the potential he was going to come. <coughs> I couldn't really. I couldn't really say that I didn't like him because I've never really heard of anything. The only thing I remember him doing was when he sort of said that Sonogo should be banned for ages when he got sent off against MK. But yeah. apart from that, I've never really noticed him. I know he was at MK Donzin, who's a young manager, and he used to coach at Blackburn and Liverpool. But I didn't really know much of him to sort of gauge, have an opinion on him. Um, but saying that, I didn't expect him to come in and be as infectious as that he has been. Yeah. I thought it would be a, it would be good good appointment, but I didn't expect him to have this much of an impact straight so away. He's not gone on the defensive at all, no. which I've noticed. I think when Russell came in, and for all, for all whatever happened, he did seem slightly in terms of his playing style and the way he dealt with the media at first. He was defending, and that's probably that's probably a personality thing. It's nothing to do with the fact it's Charlton in this day and age. But Carl's not been like that, and that's why it's probably been easier for people. To accept him, yeah, yeah, it'd be easy to accept him and sort of approach him as well. Even in terms of not maybe not fans and obviously staff, but just players. Because I mean, we've still got quite a young young squad, and I think he might be that little bit more approachable than previous managers. Like where everyone could approach Powell, yeah. And I think he he's he's got that persona where the boys could approach him if they're not enjoying themselves or something. Do you know what I mean? I just think he's a lot more. I can't, I can't really put my finger on it, but he just seems a lot more approachable and uh, just yeah. seems a bit more. He's very really, friendly with the yeah. players. I mean, anyone who saw that tunnel cam video they did, I five yeah. him, uh, the MK players hugging Esri Conzer. I think it was hugging Keith Peacock. Right, <laughs> did he play? Did he? <laughs> <laughs> he said he'd make the animal eleven as well. Right, when? Peacock, yeah. <laughs> if we're strong, has anyone, has anyone got a peacock named after him? <laughs> Keith Peacock? <laughs> anyone got a peacock called Keith? <laughs> Oh, now you mention it. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the garden. Yeah, right, Matthew said, my brother came along and really enjoyed the game yesterday, so I hope to see uh, myself and Tell soon. Hopefully we will. Matthias, so let's see you soon. Uh, Mike Tyson says, Tex and Bauer are best centre-back pairing by a country mile. How the hell Tex hasn't played this season, I will never know. See, I mean, that's where the... It's all about the competition at the back. See, I, I rate Jason Pearce. I know... Mm. I think he's a good. He's a good. I was going to say good-looking player, there, but that, that, <laughs> that, that would be a slip of the tongue. There, he's a, he's a good player. He's, he looks a good, a good defensive unit. But we we have got that. Like that is definitely the one part of the field where we, we've certainly got a lot of competition. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think, like I said earlier, Pierce, <coughs> I, w- I couldn't drop Pierce or Bauer. I don't think any of them done anything much wrong. I know Pierce uh, gave away the penalty first game, but I think he's been great. I, I, I think he splits opinion because a lot of people I see on Twitter just say, yeah, Bauer and Tech should be the first choice. But I'd I be, think that's I'd because be a, bit, a bit harsh. On people are always going to be uh, more receptive to having players they've seen play for longer before. So they, they saw Tex last season, they saw he's a decent player. So even, even if Pierce is playing quite well they still mm. think well I like Tex I'm yeah. that, that might be the way people view it uh, Finchley said he's getting ready to head to Scotland this evening but if he had a pet dog he would call it Yan and it would be a lap dog <laughs> which is a disturbing image one of many that Pete Finch has sent into the show over the years <laughs> Glenn says I had a cat uh, I had a cat called Clive named after the one and only so we've got Clive in a few times mm. uh, Ray says loving uh, Carl Robertson his enthusiasm is infectious but like others I think it's a matter of time before outside influences dictate and that is the worry that, uh, that, that, you know, that we worry about basically yeah. that, that is the worry uh, uh, Nozza says he had a, he, he's just tweeted us a photo of his dog uh, R.I.P. Uh, former dog uh, which was named after which was called Dino after Dean Kiley oh so yeah we're, we're getting up a bench now as well <laughs> uh, Lewis says surprised that it's not most people's outlooks uh, Nathan's perspective of how many Carl Robinson's interviews 
have Charlton fans actually seen and heard? So he's saying like, why, why did people have these opinions before he came here? He said yeah. maybe they were maybe they were closet MK Don fans. Oh yeah, <laughs> ma- 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 yeah. I'm sure he's joking there. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I think people just had an opinion, probably just their perception perception of him from when he was at MK Don's. But yeah, I've never seen anything that I could really hate. But obviously, some people did. So, but yeah, like the main thing now is obviously he's, uh, he's he seems like he's growing on a lot of people. Yeah. Which is um, I mean, I mean, which is good. He's got the first phase of it now, so he's coming. He, he hasn't. He's got a two nil nil, so it's not not bad results so far. Good good performance second half against MK. Good performance throughout at Bradford City. Hmm. Talk the talk so far, and now it's time to walk the walk. And you know, we we started walking the walk. It's whether he can continue, and, and you know, if if, he, if he's still coming out in ten games time, and we've drawn every game nil nil, but he's come out all all bubbly and you know enjoyable like that, then it'll be a different story. He's, yeah. he's, he's got the first part done, and and now we'll start to work on the second part. He said. Said after last week game, he's going to work every single hour. And, and when you see him, you sort of believe you believe him as well because mm. you can see how enthusiastic he is, how much he loves. I mean that that great quote from him yesterday when he was um, talking about the uh, talking about the the tracksuit. So I, look, I looked at myself in the mirror today. I'm looking fat, but I looked at the tracksuit and it's got the Charlton badge on it. And he, he's still thinking, "Wow, this is Charlton." I mean, it's a great. I mean, it's a great thing to say, no matter what. Yeah. It, if you think there, he's, he's only saying it for effect. But he, when you're standing there talking to him, he genuinely does seem so excited <laughs> for it to be at Charlton, and that and that is something that you know is is, is what we need. We need we need we, we certainly need a lift around this club. We've known that for a long time. Mm. And uh, Carl hopefully will be the man to bring it, and hopefully will be allowed to do it. But I've said that after. I've probably said that for the last fives that like, we need a bit of a lift now. Hopefully this guy will be allowed yeah. to do it and it never happened, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, Roland, time to go, says, total opposite uh, Slade and Robinson. Slade was too negative. It didn't seem approachable and always seemed to go on the defensive. Now, Cheers has said, I've got a dog that was great at cra- catching squirrels, uh, mice and squirrels. He was a killer. That's one for the 70s and 80s CFC fans. Uh, but I don't think he was called killer, though, was he, Mark? See, that's, mm. He's trying to name it Derek House. Right, right. still, so we still need two, two centre-halves and a right midfielder. So has anyone got a fish called Mark? Mark Fish, yeah. See, that would work. Uh, what else do we need? Right, see, oh, Mike. so you've got Mike Salmon. Oh, yeah, no, Mike, Mike Salmon. Salmon that's, that's, yeah. yeah, who's got a salmon fish called Mike? <laughs> Some very hardcore chant bands from, from back in the day. Uh, right, we've got plenty of emails to come to in a little while. I'm going to have a quick break and I'm going to hop onto the emails. Don't forget, tonight's subjects are now, including, Nate, we want to pet 11 after it turns out there's three more to go. Plenty of Charlton, uh, Charlton fans out there who've named their pets after uh, addicts players. So we need, a, we need a, was it a right midfielder. And two centre backs. Two centre halves. Uh, we're also we're talking about um, uh, Charlton uh, memorabilia that you collect. I've got a mug collection. Uh, for football uh, so I, I buy a mug when I go to an away game now I get one I've got, got a controversial one at Bradford City yesterday they only had big ones so, I, so I, I like to regulate the size of the mugs but yesterday they only had a big one so I had to buy a big one so that's uh, thrown that into chaos but let us know what, what, what uh, sort of memorabilia you collect we're also going to let you know about a boat trip that's going to head over to uh, AFC Wimbledon uh, in February and of course uh, look ahead to Tuesday's Cup tie we'll be back in 30 seconds <laughs> He's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armakatsi! Oh, that's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right footed. We saw Armak off his line. What a goal! Shelton Live. 
So welcome back, Channel Live here on Maritime Radio. This is Louis Mendes, Nathan Miller in the studio here with me at the Valley. Uh, right, we've got some emails to look at. Um, a couple from last week as well. Our email system is playing up a bit. It's been a bit weird, so uh, it doesn't refresh while we're here sometimes, so I don't see them until after the show. But um, Richard Church sent this last week. says, hi, well, I think that Carl Robinson has had to align himself with the owners in order to get the job. Nothing to be done about that, as they are the employers. And, of course... Uh, he has to be seen to to be on their side, so to speak. He has he has to work hard to get me and others on side. Good luck to him. I hope he does it. But the jury is out at the moment. Let's see how he responds to the talks he was promising to have. Because he did mention sort of last week that he was hoping to talk to protesting fans and find out what they're about. And it sounds like he repeated that uh, that that offer on uh, on Five Live on uh, on Friday night. I mean, I, I quite happily put him in. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I could I could uh, help help uh, him choose fans to speak to if you wanted to but you know if, if he wants to get out there I mean, he, he is very engaging I've seen I'm, I'm sure fans have had photos with him and whatnot so far I'm sure they'll be, I'm sure if you speak to him he'll be more than happy to speak to you back as well but yeah, yeah. He, see, he seems I mean even when Pete saw him in the um, in the car park up at uh, was... <laughs> yeah up at Bristol Rovers yeah I mean he seems and, quite approachable pro- it turns out Pete promised he wasn't going to put those quotes on Twitter as well oh did he did he, did he really yeah <laughs> oh, so is that what Carl since said so oh like, no no Pete told me oh right, yeah. oh, right. Like, at least he was honest after he'd done it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Ray Blue Yonder says hi all enjoying the show as usual so this is last week but it says since uh, the, the last few games uh, since the, the end of last season to, uh, to all this season my daughter has her handbag searched every game upon entering towards the north lower like Sue she always gets searched at away games whereas they seem to ignore me except at Marseille uh, England Russia game where I had my prescription nasal spray and eye drops confiscated despite Russian fans managed to get flares and a flare gun in among other items Oddly enough, hardly anyone or ourselves were searched last year at Wembley at the England v France friendly, although warned we would be given the horrors of the Paris attack previously. So, not sure the random searching is in fact random. Now, I mean, you, you, you do tend to get searched at a lot of games. I mean, uh, this is something that's come up. I mean, I, I know obviously we've had, I mean, I don't think the searches here are anything to do with trying to stop people bringing in stuff to chuck on a pitch, because if they are, they're the worst searches ever, because people have, I mean, Tom's the only person I've ever heard of anyone having taken. Something, something taken off him and stuff. So I, I think it is genuinely just in London at the moment, in any major city. And we saw what happened in Istanbul yesterday. Mm. Football stadiums are targets, and you know, it's, no one's going to. I'm sure no one's going to look at Ray Blue Yonder's young daughter and think, "Oh, she she yeah. might, she might be dodgy." But that's that's not how it works. You, no. you, you search every bag. I don't, I don't think we've really got too much to worry about there. But no, it's mainly bags, isn't it? Really. Mm. Yeah. So it's like I I came to a Charlton game and they searched me a bag and then. I had air spray in it and they nearly took that off him. <laughs> but they said no yeah. don't worry he said they said if you need it to look that beautiful <laughs> you carry on my friend <laughs> it was a ball gazer so <laughs> no jealousy played a part yeah. which is good uh, right Jonathan Ackworth emailed last week saying we need to demo outside the FA this will hit the media big time right now on uh, Thursday show me, Tom and Nate look back at the anniversary, the 24th anniversary of the return to the Valley on the 5th of December 1992. Now, I was looking for the emails, and this was sent annoyingly. This was sent during the show on, um, on Tuesday because our email system has been a bit dodgy. Uh, I didn't actually see it till after. But anyway, this is uh, my nemesis, Chiz, Mark Wilson. Uh, and I've, I've already pre-read this one. There's no difficult words in it. Uh, but he says, right, in the late 1980s and the early 1990s, I worked in the Isle of Dogs in a place that has since become Canary Wharf. There were very few buildings, restaurants, pubs or shops in the area at the time. I would have lunch in my office staff canteen, but every couple of weeks or so, I would take a packed lunch to work. And at lunchtime, I would drive to the Blackwall Tunnel, go under the Thames and head to the Valley. At this time, Charlton were in exile at both Selhurst and Upton Park, but they were uh, getting closer and closer to returning home. 
So I would park my car near the ground just so I could eat my lunch there while looking over the ground and see work taking place. In a quiet few minutes, I would remember the games that I'd seen with my dad and remember the games my grandfather told me about and think about the games that I would eventually get to see in the future. I would also think about the stories my dad would tell me, especially about the friend that my dad had who actually played for Charlton at the time. He would stand in the crowd cheering the team on, then meet his friend and get to talk to him about what it was like to play and how did he cope with having to mark Stanley Matthews. That's my story. It just shows how important the club is to me and has been to four generations of my family. It just shows how important it was to me just to be at the place I love so much, soaking up the memories and thinking about what might be ahead. But there is one more element to the story. Every single time I drove to the valley to spend a few minutes at lunchtime soaking up the memories, there were other people there doing exactly the same thing. Every single time. I guess it's one of the reasons Charlton means so much to its fans. We can all see other fans for whom it is equally important. And that was an absolute cracker from Mark there. I mean, we talked about we talked about the memories and how people of our age group are so thankful to the people that fought to get the club back to the valley. Uh, and there you can see for, from someone who's slightly older from us, Mark, and what it meant to him, his dad. I mean, uh, the, what, what Mark's saying about coming to see the ground, I remember my dad used to bring me uh, when it was being rebuilt and standing at the gates and looking through. I, mean, I, I, I don't feel actually, I didn't come to a game until 1994, but I can remember coming to the ground before we came back and, and, and having a look at it. Uh, and, and that's why this, I mean, it, it's just one of the many reasons why this place is, this, this particular uh, place is so special mm. uh, to us and to, to, to Charlton fans. Yeah, so I mean, so look, unfortunately, you know, it was before, uh, it was before my time, even though you said I was 42 or something. Was it you or Thomas here? I was a bit older than I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a bit before my time. But yeah, like you said, it's, uh, obviously we're, obviously I owe those people a lot forever. So, um, but yeah, that, that email summed up quite nicely and it just shows how, how powerful you know the club means to a lot of people which when things aren't going the way they should be it's why people get so upset and frustrated with with the predicament we're in at the moment so but yeah it's just the case of hopefully we'll get to a stage one day when we're all in a, a nice happy world yeah. so to speak <laughs> yeah, hopefully Carl Robertson's a man to turn us around eh? mm. uh, right uh, Pete Superaddy said I was thinking of calling my pet ferret Airbus UK but I don't suppose that's helpful no it's not <laughs> it might be if we were trying that to could, right, that could be the sponsor yeah, yeah alright there you go Ferret, Airbus UK Ferret is the sponsor isn't that a Welsh team as well they got, there's a team named after them isn't there uh, Will Bollin says my son Rupert's name was, alm- was uh, almost called Rufus but Rufus got demoted to middle name then replaced with Robin sad times see uh, you, you, you're, you're a pushover Will I'm afraid shouldn't <laughs> let it happen uh, and I saw that and I thought oh that's bad news but then I saw an email that's coming from Paul Ronan and says, Hi all, my brother has a dog called Rufus after Richard Rufus. So yes. we've got one of our first centre-half is in there. Come on. Rufus so we now just, we just need one more centre-half and, and a right midfielder? Yeah. Well, then, it does, well, to be fair, we, let's not be too choosy. We're quite tactically knowledgeable, so we can yeah. have a, a left midfielder cutting in like an inside yeah. person. Or we, so so we any, could, any we, winger, we, any side. We could, we could play 4-3-3 three, three as well. Yeah, we could do. Yeah, could play four three three. So come on, we need we need a winger or another striker for the the CFC uh, pet eleven uh, pack on the tweets. Uh, uh, Marion says that Solly the cat sounds more like a forward. Confusing, no, not not a forward. I mean, she she she's an escaper. I found out today, hiding, <laughs> uh, and also says how stressful it is. It must it must be to get a. Uh, a uh, uh, the wrong size mug and I can confirm it it left me torn there at, at Bradford City I was trying to decide if I could uh, cheat on the normal size mugs uh, <laughs> uh, John says what about Katie the squirrel 
uh, a nifty winger, I mean winger, is trying to talk about Katrine there. Uh, <laughs> there. There was something actually, I mean, we can't go too much into detail on this because we don't, we don't really know any of the details apart from a very short snippet that someone's put on Facebook. But it would seem uh, a fan's claiming that they spoke to Katrine on the train yesterday and in the end she ended up getting off the train because she was uh, not, not happy to be spoken to. I mean, did, did you see that? Were you, were you surprised getting back on the trains now? And um, Did you think fans have the right to go? I mean, if you go up to them and just say hello and ask some questions, it was, I think that's probably fair. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we we don't know how he asked the question. We don't know if he if he if he had fifteen pints and or he might. There's every single chance he went up there and went, "Hi, Katrine. Uh, I I really hope you back this manager." But you know, we we don't know how it was said or what was said. But it sounds like I ended up with Katrine, you know, not too happy. And and well, he said that she said, "Don't come." But I mean, we don't yeah. know, we don't know if that's the case or not. But mm. you know, were you surprised to see her interacting with fans on trains again? Um, I don't know. She's going to get have to get there up there somehow, and if she, if she doesn't drive, <coughs> excuse me. And it's e- it's easier for her to get a train. Then that's up to her. I mean, I have no. I don't think I have any problem in anyone saying anything unless it's abusive. Yeah. Then yeah, I have no. I have no problem about people asking questions. But I think if it starts to get to a stage where it's like harassment, then obviously, obviously we don't want that. But everyone's entitled to ask her a question. But like you said, if it was asked like a normal question, and then she's kicked off. But. I don't know. That's what I'm, I've not really read too much into it to mm. to form an opinion on it. Yeah. But I don't see anything wrong with asking someone a question. Yeah. Right, flaggy, flaggy on Twitter. Everyone loves flaggy. Whenever there's a big club statement, flaggy, flaggy's used as a picture. But now someone set up a flaggy account. And says I have a pet rat that occasionally visits me exclusively during non-match days. Guess what his name is? He's confirmed. His name is Roland. <laughs> <laughs> Roland the rat. Roland the rat's not getting in the team, unfortunately. I can't. Don't know if you can play white mid. No. Nah. <laughs> well, yeah. Ask Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Marco says our guinea pig called Curbishly lived long enough to enjoy most of the Premier League uh, years we, we, we change pets every six months now uh, which I'm sure is a joke about um, uh, about the, the club changing managers all the time but it could be animal cruelty from Marco there we'll have to get the RSPCA round to, just to double check on that one can't take any chances Seb says with the way traffic is today I don't think you could get from the Docklands to the Valley and back in a lunch hour <laughs> which is fair enough when I saw that email I thought well uh, cheers done made some good time there uh, right now I promised um, at the top of the show that I was going to let you know about a, uh, a boat trip that was coming up uh, anyone who's done see I've done a couple of them uh, a few seasons ago I did Fulham in the FA Cup we all went on the boat from Greenwich to Putney and then QPR we all went from Greenwich to Westminster and yeah, got off and got the tube now uh, Jim Howard who uh, arranges these boat trips and it, I mean, I mean, be aware that if you're going to go on the boat trip you have to understand it's, it's not it's not a river cruise to look at the sites it is, it is a bar and a disco and it is like if, if you want to be in, included in that sort of thing so don't go on there thinking you're going to go sightseeing just know this it is a great trip I, I loved it mm. the two times I went yeah. uh, you get on you have beers on the boat disco ska music that sort of thing sing, you sing it, yeah, singing at yeah. songs every every bridge you go under yeah. um, so if, if you want to do that Jim Howard's going to arrange one for the AFC Wimbledon game on the 11th of February uh, the boat's going to leave Waterloo at 10 uh, he's put 10pm I think you meant 10am uh, and it's going to arrive at Kingston at 2pm so an hour before kickoff. <laughs> Kingston Piers not a million miles from Norberton where the, where the ground is there Um there's no other group of supporters have managed to do this one before so it'll be a first and we'll be travelling through some very pleasant scenery of West London and the Upper Thames through Teddington Lock oh we're going to go on a lock I like locks uh, I'm thinking to price tickets about £15 to cover costs but any any profits made we will donate to the protest fund or to any other good cause so mm. uh, if you want to if you go at CFC Gym uh, on Twitter when, when the uh, actual news comes out it'll let you know when you can get on that boat 
and uh, and uh, go over to FC Wimbledon. Like I say, I, I can recommend it mm. if um, if you're interested in that sort of thing. Uh, like I say, it's, it's it's not it's not your standard river cruise. It is, it is a pretty you know lads culture one, but it's fun. It's fun, and if you're up for that sort of thing, I definitely recommend it. Uh, and and thank Jim as well for organising it. I'm sure that's not easy to organise, but the, the two I went on were absolutely cracking. Yeah. Uh, right, uh, Gavin Blair talking about uh, Chiz's email there, where where people would go to the valley before it was rebuilt. Uh, he says, Gavin Blair says, I remember going to a Junior Reds party, jumping the turnstiles and standing on the great terrace with the trees growing. Great memories. So, that, it must have been, I mean, obviously it was horrible when we weren't here. It must have been fascinating to come to the ground five years later and just look at it and be like, wow, this place. So many memories. It would have been like, say, say we ended up moving to, like, say you're a West Ham fan who was able to go back into Upton Park now and just look, or an Arsenal fan who could go to Highbury where they've mm. built the flats now and just stand in the big garden in the middle and just remember and there must be quite a bizarre thing but then to yeah. actually obviously it was in horrible circumstances then here at the back, then, to, then to come back and uh, and see that sort of stuff it must have been quite incredible really just to try and re- remember everything you've seen happen in this yeah. place I mean imagine now if we just went and sat in the stand and just sat there and thought about what the things you've seen here mm, that's what I mean even like little things like, I remember sitting in the old covered end yeah. like, a little tiny one and we sit there and, like, I swear I sit now but it's like before it used to be the low, the low roof, and the noise just stayed in there. And then yeah. you had the old east stand with the arches, and you had the little porter cabins down the side. Yeah. And then you had, well, obviously, you had the banks of the east, which obviously I'm, I'm too young to know that. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah. But I've seen you're, you're, you've been mentioned for a place in this eleven. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, from Will. Yeah, he says that. Uh, well, now because you have to know the context on this. A few weeks, uh, a couple of match. They, they do a match preview thread on Charlton Life forum. Uh, and, and they do a suggested 11 but we were going through all these injury problems and someone had put in Ricky Holmes I think it was or someone who was injured and they had to take him out and then he'd run out of ideas so he decided to put Mendes at right wing and everyone's like who's Mendes he put <laughs> Louis Mendes I was like well I'm playing him <laughs> so, uh, so I got into the team so Will says that Mendes surely is the makeshift winger uh, Charlton Life confirmed him playing one week but I'm not an animal that's the problem I, mean, I was going to say I was going to text uh, back and say what animal is Louis but then I <laughs> yeah. didn't want to start a rap <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, Gareth, <laughs> my name is Gareth says went uh, with his bro to Bradford impressed with three things the football in the first half the defence in the second half and with Robinson's passion right uh, we're going to have a quick break we've got a couple more emails to talk about here on Charlton Live of course we're going to look ahead to um, uh, Tuesday's uh, FA Cup game up at MK Dons we've also got a uh, uh, a thread I've started about uh, memorabilia which hopefully we're going to come on to uh, if we get a chance but let's have a, a very quick break and we'll be back here on uh, on Charlton Live in just a few moments time Dennis is fed in lovely touch goes round his player chips across the box Jackson oh, yes! what a goal by Johnny Jackson Arriving late in the box, Holmes Dennis with a pinpoint cross, and the skippers give a Charlton the lead. Charlton Live. Welcome back. Nathan's just disabled my mouth with this horrible, <laughs> horrible, Say something sour, quick. sweet, lemon <laughs> things. Disgusting. <laughs> oh. I was waiting for that. <laughs> right, I can't even open my eyes to read this forum now, but <laughs> only me on the Charlton Live forum said, good evening, Louis. Surely there's someone out there who's a rat called Ronan. If so, he would be able to pick what formation the team would play. <laughs> and I am Dan now we think we've completed the 11 here yeah I am Dan says that he had a dog called Pringle who sadly died now 
But, you know, so Martin Pringle, he could play on the wing. Yeah. But, I mean, Carl said yesterday, inside forwards, that's the way forward. That's what, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what, what I've, that's I've done him as that. That's what they used to have him back in the day. Inside forward, Martin Pringle, we have now got... No, I need a centre-back, just one more centre-back. Oh, we need another centre-back. Yeah. Has anyone got a dog called... Fish, Pat, Pat, Perry. Patty Bauer. And someone must have an animal called Perry. Hmm. Perry the dog or something, like Chris Perry. Yeah, all right, so we need we need those. Keep us, uh, keep us updated. Right, a couple more emails to, uh, to look at. Brian <coughs> Pace says, uh, Carl Robinson, great to have a manager with passion and enthusiasm, a breath of fresh air at last. <coughs> oh, not again. <laughs> uh, he says, if he can manage without interference <laughs> and make some quality additions in January. Do you want me to read it out? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we tried that on Thursday and that did not go well. <laughs> Tom's not even here to save us. <laughs> He said uh, things could get interesting. I've always felt that with some good results, many of the stayaways, including me, will gradually return. I really hope so. Best wishes for Christmas to all you guys, and Merry Christmas to you, Brian Pace, as well. Uh, uh, we're going to have our last our last show before Christmas. It's going to be the Thursday after the Millwall game, and me and Nate are bringing beers into the studio, so we're looking forward Tequila. to it. <laughs> yeah, so I hope that's going to be our Channel Live Christmas party. Uh, but that's an interesting point that Brian makes there. It's all about protesting that. Now... My theory is, and I think this is fair, that you know, lots of people were processing at the end of last season, and, and you know, the underlying problems will probably remain even if we do get promoted this season. Mm. But for most people, that will be enough. Just results, really. Yeah. And I think I think Brian's right there. I mean, there, there will still be underlying problems that people will still worry about. The, the main thing you worry about is results on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, even if we were cruising uh, at the top of the league, yeah, maybe. The protest wouldn't be as much, but there'd still be unrest and uh, people would want a change in ownership and stuff. But yeah, of course, every single one of us wants us to do well and win every match and get promoted. I don't think there's any one fan out there who wants us to lose any week, uh, every week, you know? So, but mm. yeah, so I think, that's, that, I think that's probably what the main consensus is. I could be wrong, but that's what I think anyway. Mm. Right, exactly. says, hi, sounds like a decent performance yesterday. Probably a good result, but only if we start converting draws into wins. We're yet to beat any of the top six in the league, and that has to change if we're to move up the table, starting with Peterborough. I was at their match yesterday, and though they scored some fine goals and were impressive in the second half, they were lucky to go and level at half-time at home to Chesterfield, one of League One's weakest teams. They are beatable, and whether we challenge for the playoffs or not, uh, could be defined by results against sides like them between now and the end of the season. So that's a good point. We've got got Peterborough next week. You know, we'll, we'll look at that game. We'll look at yeah. that, and we want to start catching up with these teams uh, inside the top six. And Peterborough's one of the ones to to, to be shot at. Right now, uh, also at the top of the show, before we start the the, uh, the pet eleven, uh, we we need we still need the defender, lads. Come on, one one pet defender, ladies and gentlemen. If you've got a pet named after a Charlton defender, help us out here. Come on. Right. Um, I also. Uh, I was looking for some content because I didn't know we were going to have the pet eleven until I turned up here uh, at the start of the show. I was thinking like, what what sort of things do football geeks like us like? And I, I like collecting my football mugs. Every I only started um, sort of a season and a half ago. Got one at I went to a non-league game at Tamworth and I thought I wanted I wanted some sort of souvenir. So I bought a mug, Tamworth mug, and I decided I actually quite like this. So now I've, I've started buying mugs at every team I go to. Where'd you put them? Did you, have you got like a storage cover? Yeah, I've got a shelf. I've got a shelf. I mean, they're all in use. They're not. I'm not one of those like boring geeks who doesn't use their toys. Or <laughs> like, I drink. I, I have a mug. I had a, a cup of tea in uh, Sheffield Wednesday today. Mm. That's, that's one of my favourite mugs. I know people don't like Sheffield Wednesday, but their mugs are right up there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that, that, go, that goes for their crockery and their fans. <laughs> their mugs. <laughs> but, but, so I wanted to find out what other 
what other things people collect so on the on the forum Stone Muse says he collects Charlton books and metal badges he used to have a couple of dozen of the old style silk scars from different clubs we cleared them out a long time ago Henry Irving uh, ben Hayes on the forum says he's got 500 different Charlton badges. Put up tweets, uh, uh, photos, of a couple of those. They look absolutely quality. Do you, do you have anything, Dave? Uh, not really. I used to when I when we was in the Premiership at home and away. I used to go and get. I used to keep just the tickets, yeah. just like the match tickets. But I never really had anything souvenir yeah. in terms of cups and that. But yeah, a lot I, stopped, of, I don't know. I think I lost them all. So a lot of people. Have, a lot of people have said about the um, about the uh, the ticket stuff. My brother used to collect those as well. Used to have a, a big wall. Of him. In fact, that's what one Stevie G says on the uh, on the thing ticket stubs. Uh, Ricky Otto says he collects random football memorabilia, mainly foreign teams, uh, countries that go to. You've got lots of stuff of Valencia. Uh, Cap- Capitano's put a nice Twitter of uh, a nice photo of uh, of scarves and stuff. So plenty of people collecting yeah. scarves and shirts and and that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, programs as well. A lot of people collect yeah. programs. Yeah, that sort of thing. So if you've got anything interesting that you collect, uh, let us know. Uh, you can uh, you can uh, tweet us at Charlton Live. Uh, Pete Finch says, "Oh, the Sheffield Wednesday mug's massive." No, no, this, that's a, <laughs> that's a regular size mug. But now I'm saying this Bradford one is absolutely huge. It's the biggest mug I've got. It's, uh, officially, it's a latte mug, and I'm surprised they knew what lattes were in Bradford. But it turns out they're they're up to date. They've they caught up with uh, with the rest of the UK. Uh, right, uh, uh, Roland Ancelotti, uh, Broken Pillows on Twitter says, "Clive R may remember my call to the Charlton Live Charlton chat 25 years ago." When my cat had kittens, all named after Charlton players, but unfortunately Scott Mint- Minto, uh, the kitten, died of a cleft palate. Oh, that's a shame. Can we, can we put Scott Minto at left centre back? Can't really. Can I we? Don't know. What was what was Minto? He was, he was a, a left back. Was he? Yeah. I mean, people move around, don't they? Yeah. If we've, yeah, chuck well, him we're, in. yeah. Chuck him in. Chuck Here him we in. go. Matt Holland. Matt Holland played about six games at centre half for us. Oh, there we go. In, yeah. Lee Novak played there. Certainly. Yeah, Lee Novak <laughs> played centre half for the last four minutes yesterday. We put anyone. So who we've, put a- we've actually got it then. Yeah. We've got Minto the cat. Or the kitten. Yeah. I mean, like, why don't we just play three at the back? Minto covering, like, in front of the back three. Yeah, hang on. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do, like, another arrow here. There mm. you go. I'm showing all the te- tactical nows of uh, Carol Fry here. Let's just put anyone anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. So now we have completed the CFC. Yeah, I'll get 11. that out now. I'll send it out now. <laughs> uh, right. Um, That's impressive. Seb says he collects all, all programmes. Uh, Ashley says, I bought a programme from every single away game I've been to except Gillingham. I must... I'll have to try and see if I've still got my Gillingham program, actually, if you want it. Because um, I, I don't keep them, but sometimes they're all just in the back of my bag until I chuck them out. Uh, Tom B said he named three ducks, Clive, Rufus and Sasser, on the on May the 24th, 1998. We all know what happened the next day. Oh, dear. Pe- uh, Pete Superaddict says, to my shame, I have the Charlton Alan Pardew m- manager mug. Sorry. So that's a terrible mug. My, my mug at work is the Chris Powell uh, celebrating the League One title. Uh, that one. Uh, Roger Charles says, I've bought several items over the years. The best thing I have is a 1947 F- uh, Cup final programme, £175. Now, that is a cracking, cracking bit of memorabilia. Right. Only got two and a half minutes left, uh, Nath. Hey? Yeah. So, we need to look ahead to... Um, Tuesday. Tuesday, right. So, uh, game's going to be live on BBC Radio London. If you haven't got CFC Player, so you can listen to the game on there. But also, if you have got CFC Player, Tom and Nathan, the big match preview... Uh, friends of mine are going to be doing the, the commentary on CFC player, so you can listen to them. Um, looking forward to it, Nate. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we get a nice performance of uh, like see a Rebo get some minutes, and then um, yeah, see what happens. I mean, yeah, I'm more going to be looking at the way we're playing, and hopefully, we can you know get a result and play Brighton. But um, I just want to focus on this league this year. But yeah, obviously I want to win. But I just want to. I'm mainly going to be looking at how we're setting up now and the different sort of style mm. of play that Cole's yeah. brought in. 
Yeah, and see if he can get them to play that. And it'd be interesting now, because, like I say, we clearly made progress from last week to this week in terms of the way we played in that first half. Mm. Two teams going at it like that. MK still played away. I mean, MK got a result against AFC yesterday, which was a shame, but yeah, it could be an interesting game. It'd be interesting to see who starts the centre-half now. So we've got uh, Pierce is going to be out injured. Bauer's going to be suspended. Do you reckon Rojo might come back in? Um, possibly, because everyone's got a clean slate. But yeah, I mean, Tex is... Probably yeah, Tex will play. Yeah. I think it might all depend, like we said off air, if, if Foles is back. If Foles is back, then maybe he'll go right back and then Ezri will go in the middle with Tex. I don't know, maybe, unless he does bring Rojo back, but I don't know if Rojo's been kept fit since he hasn't been playing or not. But. <laughs> Who knows? He, he seems to have some sort of permanent black eye now, Rojo, whenever I see him. Apparently he had, a, apparently he had an incident uh, during a game in uh, when he was out in India, and that's left him with a... Uh, some sort of horrible injury that means he's always got sort of a, a bruise on his face. Interesting, oh. interesting Rojo fact for you there. Right, we've <laughs> run out of time. It's been a, it's been a really good show tonight. I've really enjoyed it. The uh, the CFC Pet Eleven came out of nowhere, but we've uh, we've managed to feel a starting eleven playing. Yep. Uh, well, we were playing fur fur two. Now we're playing just feathers all over the place, really. But it's like fur fur two, but then the centre half goes into defensive mid, and Pringle comes in as an inside forward. <laughs> that is probably that's the problem when you play football with animals. They're erratic, aren't they? <laughs> they, they, yeah. they don't they don't understand tactics. Exactly. <laughs> right. So anyway, thanks for uh, for all your your comments on that thing on the game and stuff. Thanks for tuning in and listening, uh, Nathan. Thanks for, for coming in, Chant Live this evening. No worries. Thank you, everyone. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Chant Live. We'll be back on Thursday evening uh, to preview whoever it is we're playing next week, uh, Peterborough. Uh, But thanks for listening to this evening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll see you on Thursday.